Welcome back to the Well-Rounded Wealth Podcast. This is our 13th episode. We are still made it this far. Patrick, how you doing, man? Good, brother. How are you doing? I'm I, uh, enjoying learning, enjoying living, and uh, loving life. So hope you're doing the same and hope everything's going down good, well, good down in Atlanta. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been off to a really good start. I got a great roommate, got some great family that I've met up with down here. We're, we're figuring it out. We're pushing through. I also heard that the house is going well. Yeah, going on a, a renovation for uh, Cole and I's company, and it's going well. I was out there sweating, doing some demo work this weekend, so um, that was a lot of fun. And always love talking with uh, subcontractors and guys that work in the, the field for their profession because they're really down-to-earth guys that um, just work hard. So it's cool to get that perspective from their point of view. But, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I guess for people who don't know us well, your business partner who you are essentially flipping a house with is my roommate down here in Atlanta, and we've yeah. all been friends <laughs> for years. So yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, awesome. we'll have meetings uh, for Well-Rounded Wealth, like we'll be on the phone. And then right after we hang up, I hear you call Cole, my roommate, immediately after to talk about the house, <laughs> which is like really funny <laughs> that it's just a bounce back and forth. <laughs> I know it, it's so great having and I think that's why we've talked about friendship in the past on prior episodes, because most people are like never go into business or never do stuff with your friends. But um, we have such a just different level of trust between us and it, it's come through hard work and just continually fostering it. But um, that's led to two and three great relationships um, now in this next phase of our life. So, yeah, yeah. totally. And it helps that the goals are aligned. Like you and Cole have a passion for what you're doing and you and I have like a passion for the well-rounded wealth brand and podcast and yeah. all that stuff. So it just, it keeps us on the same page, which yep. I think is a really important fact to consider if you're going to go into business with a friend. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I heard a good quote and, and we'll dive into the episode, but if you can't see your, um, if you can't see yourself working with someone for life, don't work with them for a day. So, uh, same, <laughs> thing with the, same thing with the partner. <laughs> like, that's um, really good advice. I actually really yeah. like that. So, uh, that's something that I've kind of started to live by. And it's like, if I know someone's going to be in my life for whatever, then I'll consider doing stuff with them. So, no. Yeah, totally. So, I guess but, we could kind of relate that to the topic we want to talk about. So, I kind of want to talk about reputation, uh, how we mold our reputations, the importance of reputation. Because last week, I ended the episode kind of saying, don't worry about what other people think of you, which I'm not 180, get a 180 on that thought. However, reputation, I do think needs to be discussed, especially once I've made that point, because my message definitely wasn't other people don't matter. So do whatever you want. You don't need to be checked. It doesn't matter if you're a good person, bad person, because it doesn't matter what other people think of you. It's not quite that far. It's just more, don't put your, uh, don't put validation on other people. Don't look for your approval of yourself and others when you should be looking for self-approval in yourself. So I thought it'd be a cool topic yeah. to discuss. So to get this ball rolling for developing your reputation, what do you think is important? What do you 
want to have in a reputation? What do you, if you hear someone talking about you, what do you want to hear them say about you? Yeah, the most important thing for me is conveying what I believe as my internal values and principles and having others reflect that through word of mouth or talking about me or when they associate my personal brand with something I'm doing. Because I think an important point is reputation is everything that's external and that comes from other people. It's beliefs or opinions that you or someone else holds about you. So you can't necessarily have a reputation about yourself. You construct the reputation that you want to, that you want others to hold of you. Um, so that's my view on it. And that's what I want others to associate with who I am. Um, and I guess diving deeper into that, like what are those values and principles? It's that I'm hardworking, like very um, conscientious about health, open to new perspectives, always loving to learn, um, always wanted to give to others, uh, and a few other things that I can have on my my eight principle list. But um, I'd say off the, off the top of my head, that's what comes to mind right away. How about yourself? Yeah, totally. I definitely also have that too, that I want to have in my rep. I would also say, I just want people to think I'm a good friend that I'm friends with. Yeah. I want like people that I care about. I want them to know that I care about them and I want them to think that I do. Mm. So for my friends and family and all those relationships, I would, that's the kind of reputation I want to have is yes, Jack's a great friend or Jack's a great uh, son, cousin, sibling, all that stuff. I would want the people that I care about to think that I care about them too and that I want to see them do well. I very much care about that for my reputation. I would be really bummed if I knew that people were saying Jack's not always the greatest friend or sometimes he does isn't very considerate of me or my feelings. Sometimes it I don't feel like he actually just cares about me and that he's only hanging out with me for other reasons or anything like that. I would be that I would be really crushed to hear if I knew that people thought that about me. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely, one of the the things I was associated with you or reputation wise is like one of the nicest guys ever and always has a a smile and cheery (laughs) view on his face. But I think you bring up a good perspective and a good point is that your definition of reputation is so much more like family and, and relational oriented, but there is the component I think that most people think of with reputation, whether it's more kind of like career or working reputation. Um, and I think being able to dissociate those two things and just having one reputation, whether it's it, whether whatever environment it's in family, friends, career, um, relationship is pretty important because one of the things that I see that kind of is a pet peeve of mine is someone who's not consistent with how they construct their view of themselves or, or what they say they're doing. For example, someone's like, I'm always working hard, but if they're only working hard and, and being diligent, like at work, 
but they're also not doing that in their personal life, working towards their own kind of goals too. Then it's like, are you really a hard worker or do you kind of just put that on when you're at work? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So kind of streamline your reputation and not just because you're in a certain environment or not in a certain environment. Exactly. Because it's like for you, if you were a great friend and a great son and a great brother only within your family, but you're a complete douchebag at work, like those two things, <laughs> right, right. that doesn't really like mesh, you know, or, or like the, the hard ass boss, who's always a hard ass. And then you find out when he goes home, he's a super nice, loving dad. I, I don't think those two things kind of mesh. And I think it also takes a, a bunch of stress off of you when you are consistent, because then you can be, then you don't, you're not dealing with this multiple personality kind of disorder or, or construct where you're just being you and whether it's your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your coworkers, your friends, they all have the same opinion of your reputation. So you're not trying to portray one in one scenario or environment and then another in another scenario or environment. Yeah, definitely. And I've honestly had that before, not necessarily in family versus work, but I've definitely been in very different moods, being a part of different clubs and organizations throughout school and things like that and extracurriculars and all of that stuff. Because sometimes I get aggravated when one certain club or organization is keeping me from another club or organization yeah. or there's somewhere else sometimes in life there's somewhere else i'd rather be one that's relatable for people who have families is they're working super late hours or something like that when they just want to be with their family they just want to be home and get to see the people they love so then yeah. then the balance becomes hard because then maybe they get a little grumpy at work and they leave it all in the office and they're not known as this great person but maybe maybe the person does come home and they just are so happy to see the family and are just super loving. Cause that's their safe space or, or like, I don't know where they want to be. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I, I definitely understand that. Um, I would say to that person who's, if, if they are consistently doing it, obviously all of us will have days. I even have days where it's just like, it's not a good day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't go great. I, and I'm trying to, I think every day is, has the potential to be a, a great day and there's, there's beauty in every aspect of life. But there are those times where you just catch yourself. It's like, all right, just stuff didn't work how I wanted it to work today. Um, but I would say to the person who's consistently has that today is not, today is not a good day. Like, I don't like going to work. Maybe you're in the wrong spot. <laughs> like, yeah, or, that's a really good you're, point. You're, or maybe you're scheduling your day incorrectly. And I think, in our older generations of like my my parents generations or before that what they knew was you you just work through those days or like you you work through a, a a crappy situation in order to provide or have a different ability and again that's a different social construct from where we are today but i think now everyone has the opportunity to be able to do something they truly enjoy that they can do that in a career environment and be able to transfer that over to a home environment as well. 
Yeah, definitely. I did not expect us to go full well-rounded wealth with the topic. We're already yeah. there. <laughs> um, but, but to yeah, go guess, back, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask you about um, how reputation and impressions, uh, kind of like, you know, you, you never get the a second chance to make a first impression. How do you um, think those two things relate? Yeah, I would say on that, first impressions, I think, are almost a little unfair or maybe an improper way to judge someone off the bat. Because one, someone for the first time, maybe they're nervous, maybe they're just a little awkward at first. Because do you know how many people I've met? Honestly, some of my favorite people who I did not get the best first impression from, but then just either being with them due to the vicinity or whatever it is, you start to see like, oh yeah, like they have their quirks and things like that, that I didn't like at first, but wow, they're a really kind person or they're working really hard. I've gotten that plenty of times. So I don't yeah. always just want to leave something to the first impression because I do think there's a lot more to people. And to really know if you have a true friend or partner, I actually think you do need to give it time. And just oh, yeah. one impression can't can't define you. But they are important. Yeah. And you almost need to, in a way, train yourself. This is where that reputation thing is. If you want to have a good reputation, make sure you do leave good first impressions. And yeah. don't try not to say anything stupid or do your research and learn how to read a room. Don't make any comments that are condescending towards people, even if it's kind of not intentional. I've seen that plenty of times where people will be in a group circle and someone will say something and it'll just rub people the wrong way. And you could tell that they didn't mean for it to sound like that, but it did. And that's their first yep. impression. And yeah, it just comes off wrong. It's like, oh, this who's who's this guy? <laughs> like, yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I, who invited this? Who invited Jack? No, <laughs> um, yeah, totally. Like you've had that too, right? I feel like people have had oh, that too, where they're just in a group setting as kind of new people, and someone will say something that'll just kind of make you double take, or just be like, "What did that person just say? What?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or like it's yeah yeah rude no, or like and you could tell that they didn't mean to be rude but it still came out rude uh yeah and i always i feel bad i always do because i'm like oh that person just sounded so bad and they weren't trying it's a secondhand embarrassment <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, exactly like um but yeah i think reputation and, and we've talked about this before in terms of expanding your you, actually we talked about it last episode in terms of expanding your time horizon on certain things and i think that applies to people too you you cannot know someone unless you've spent you unless you've seen every side of them especially like partners or best friends because i've seen you and some of our other best friends at their best and at their worst and that's when you truly get to know like what are those values and principles when someone is not in a good state that's the only time you're going to know if those person's principles and values based on what your your perception of their reputation is actually align with you and that just takes time because you can't based on a first impression you can't garner all those um all those emotions and all those actions from that first time meeting them so 
Yeah. And for seeing people at their worst, do you think that's when true colors finally come out? Because I've heard a lot of people say that. You know, that's that's interesting. Um, I think I've been doing a lot of reflection on that, too, because no one is obviously going to put themselves in a state where they're at their worst. So right. I think you can practice it. And I don't think that your that moment of your being at your worst is the true reflection of yourself. I think it's your biological reflection of yourself based on how you grew up or what circumstances you grew up. You revert to what you haven't trained. It's like for me, I know that I guess going way back, like I kind of had was mischievous or um, would get angry or upset when things didn't go my way or to jealous tendencies. And I've done a lot of reflecting on like my personal development so that I know if I do get in that, I'm in this worse situation, I can kind of pull on the things I've trained myself to do to recognize like, Hey, don't go, don't go down that path. Like, maybe change a little bit. So I don't think we can judge people off of it all the time. And I think that there's a way to shift and manipulate what you actually do in your worst moments. Yeah, I agree. And I, I brought it up cause I didn't agree with it. I don't think you at your worst are your true colors. You at your worst is you at your weakest in my opinion. Yeah. If, when you're at your worst, you're at your weakest point. And that doesn't mean, that doesn't even mean most vulnerable, in my opinion. Weak, weakness means to me, when you're at your worst and you're behaving terribly, that's because you are not facing whatever issues are actually happening head on. And you're probably taking it out on other people and things like that. And that's, in my opinion, weakness instead of facing your own shit it's usually people putting blame on other people or other things and in some extreme scenarios acting on that towards other people which is which is just shitty in general that's really bad <laughs> but i yeah. you i think you can get stronger that's why it's called weakness and strength you and strength is something you can build yeah so while while it's a side that's pretty ugly for people at their worst, I don't know if it's necessarily true colors. Depends on who you are. If you're always like that, but you're always trying to put on a show, then I guess that's one thing. Then maybe people's true colors are actually kind of nasty. I feel like that some people are mean? like that. What do you mean put on a show? I would say put in a show, for example, like their reputation is bullshit. They're oh. not like, they're not actually kind yet they've developed a kind rep if that makes sense you know what i mean i, I know exactly so i i guess sorry about this it, and yeah. it can it i guess for me since i'm so much involved in the business world it's like it's someone who comes in and is like i know how to do this 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 i've worked here like everyone loved me at these jobs but then you actually start working with them a month two months three months later you're like that didn't come up in the uh, in the interview, or like didn't see that one coming, and, and they just completely shift to 
and I guess it's to get from point A to point B quicker. Like someone right. wants to get hired faster or, and you know, that, I mean, that's a strategy that like you're going to run into that, but man, I think nowadays that's getting a lot easier to read because there's so many options out there that if, if someone's coming at you with a load of bullshit, you're going to kind of sniff it out. So, yeah, I mean, it's girls call it being fake, right? Like that's, yeah. It's kind of the girl's term for it with a bit. Oh my God, she's so fake. Like yeah. she's super nice to me to my face, but then she got like, she shits on me behind my back kind of thing. Yeah. Like that, I think that does, that's everywhere. No matter like who oh, yeah. you are, I have seen people like that all at some point in my life, all plenty of times, plenty of times, almost every circle. There's at least someone like that. And it definitely yeah. takes some trial and error to figure out who those people are. And I think I've started to do a pretty good job just having come across those kind of people who it's they're, they, basically they just don't walk their walk. They just talk the talk like that's a yeah. that's a term I've heard like an old older generations use. But that's essentially yeah. what it is, right? The, they can talk all day about all the great things they've done or the great pe person that they are, or how good of a friend they are. And like, I don't know if you have to say that you're such a good friend to somebody. Do you feel the need to say that? That like, I don't think you can't be that good of a friend. I, well, I don't like, ever I, walk around. I swear I'm a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I swear. Yeah, I swear. Exactly. I don't ever walk around and just meet people and be like, yeah, I'm a really great friend. My friends love me. Like I'm such a good friend to people. Like that's such a weird <laughs> thing to say. And I'm starting to hear people, not exactly that, like I'm a great friend, but I've heard people say, that and like say different versions of that. Like I'm really good at this or I'm great at that. And it's yeah. usually if they feel the need to say it then they're probably insecure about it. You um, know? Yeah. And I think that brings me, brings us to another uh, kind of what we were talking about before we get, we started the episode, but um, reading a room, I think this is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, because when you walk into a room and in certain scenarios or certain, um, whatever, it's a venue, it's a career, it's a, it's a, I don't know, a family gathering or something like that. The, the chances are you're not every, every scenario you walk into is not going to be your mesh of people. So do you, how do you approach that or, or what's your take on this? I would say there's such a science behind reading the room and part of it is just innate depending on who you are some people are just bad at reading rooms you know i've i met plenty of people in my life that just don't read a room that well or say wrong things at the wrong time and and they're just misinterpreting the vibe of the situation yeah it'd be like saying something really inappropriate in the workplace and not realizing that it's inappropriate to say at work, you know, when you're just kind of maybe you're telling a story about how like hammered you were with your buddies that weren't at work and it's just really not work appropriate and other people that are in the office and just don't ever have that kind of lifestyle like they don't really drink all that much and you hear someone saying that so nonchalant and then they kind of are like a little weirded out or uncomfortable and people don't always realize that they're doing that to people. Because they're just kind yeah. of in their own little worlds and not understanding that they're kind of crossing these 
imaginary social barriers lines that are going on and they're always everywhere but you just i mean they're they're invisible they're not real but they are everywhere so so i want to shift it a little bit and ask it more in terms of who you are as as a as your personality okay it doesn't necessarily have to be work but you walk into a, a a birthday party or a gathering of some sort and it's not necessarily the normal people you would hang out with do you be do you shift kind of who you are to read the room or to fit the room or do you be your authentic self because one of my principles and like virtues that i was trying to live by is always be authentic um and i think that has started to serve me well because i don't have to strain with can trying we, um, to. Yeah. i'm so sorry can we pause a sec the restaurant's calling me i need to answer this yeah yeah good <laughs> Woo. Oh. <laughs> that's great news all right i'm gonna be a waiter <laughs> <laughs> I took a picture of us like when Jack gets the job offer mid-recording. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Can I post that on the Well Rounded Well story? <laughs> uh, sure, sure. I don't I don't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's really fun. That's I'll probably I'll cut it out just because I don't have her consent to put it on the podcast. But yeah. Um well we could maybe like include this part or something. But yeah, if there was a weird edit, I just got a call and I just got hired to be a waiter. And uh, so good news. That's very fun. <laughs> that was perfect timing. That was awesome. That was too funny. Okay, so what were we talking about before I got the call? Yeah, so being authentic is one of my personal like eight principles slash virtues. And I always used to be the person I've talked about on previous episodes that I always was worried about what other people thought, but having this kind of reminder in the back of my head, like always be myself, always be authentic has taken so much stress and relief. And I've made so many more deep connections with other people and just being who I am instead of trying to read the room and adjust my personality to that room because i think when your reputation comes across you always want it to like we were saying earlier be consistent so you don't want to appear one way to one group and another way to another group you just want to be known as who you are because then you don't have to try and shift like oh i i want to be a like i don't know i want to be a a more party goer to this group or a little less social to this group or a little more athlete to this group or a little um, more free going for this group. I think just being yourself has provided so many more merits to me, but I want to get your impression on it too. Yeah. I have an interesting, I have a very specific story of meeting a brand new group of people and I decided to go into this meeting and I, it wasn't with the goal of being liked, but is with the goal of getting to know people and with the goal of not for them to like me, but to get to know them and be genuine and see if I like them, which I think is a really important mindset that I've 
learn to get because there's plenty of times that I'll walk into a room. And I'm like, oh my God, I hope they like me. You know, fresh freshman year of college when I'm auditioning for all these acapella groups that in my head at the time are so much older and talented and so cool. I'm going in there like, oh my God, I hope they like me. But honestly, yep. the attitude that I should have had and fortunately enough, acapella worked out and I did find people that I actually liked and went for them. But my attitude yep. should have been, do I like these people? Do these people seem like nice human beings who I will want to spend the next four years of my college experience with? Yep. Instead of being more concerned about what they think of me, because it's your experience, it's your life. Even for jobs, yep. I think um, when I was, I guess I'll, I feel comfortable sharing a little bit now, but when I was talking to State Farm and for my interviews, I didn't get through the final round, but I decided to shift my attitude when I was talking to them, being like, okay, is this a place where I want to be? Do these yeah. people seem like the kind of people I would want to work with every day? And that doesn't mean yeah. walk in cocky as hell and arrogant thinking you're better than everyone else. But it just means it kind of is just a helpful mindset that I've gotten that takes the pressure off a little bit. You're not going yeah. in thinking like these people need to accept me or these people need to like me. Then it becomes, wait, no, this is, this is seeing if it's a match. Yep. You know, and this also goes into going on dates and things like that. If you're going in to a date or meeting this girl and you're just hoping, hoping to God, this girl likes you and thinks you're good enough. One, it's probably not going to work out. And two, you're not doing <laughs> yourself a service because maybe <laughs> if you're spending yeah. so much time hoping she likes you, you're not even looking at her really, because then you're trying to just say and do things that you think she'll want to hear. Yeah. When so then even if that does work, even if that does happen, all of a sudden you were not your genuine self or your authentic self when y'all met and now it's not clicking anymore. And then you're eventually going to realize there are things you don't like about that person. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's too far down the road. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you're almost sacrificing your reputation just for other people to like you. This is exactly the point that I was trying to get on doing talk about reputation versus what we talked about last week because it is important let's i like this date example of the girl to like you but it that shouldn't be your only goal she should like you because you are just being yourself and you're just trying to get to know her and trying to connect yeah and i think if we break it i like breaking things down to something that's more simple we go on dates or, or most people go on dates to hopefully eventually meet someone that they want to spend their time with in whatever shape, way, shape or form. If you're going into that with a long time horizon, like, Hey, if I meet this person, I can click with them. Could I eventually see myself spending the rest of my life with them? Cause that's ultimately bi biologically, that's what we want to do is, meet with people and be able to, to share and reproduce with them. So I think people who put on this facade when they're first meeting people and they're not true to themselves, their virtues, their values, they put on this, this incorrect perception and give off this incorrect reputation of themselves that they find themselves in a, in a very difficult and stuck position later down the road. And 
tying it into relationships and, and meeting people, if you go into a date or a social environment with, I want to please whoever it is in order to, for the short term benefit of getting approval, then you are going to find yourself in a sticky situation six months, one year, two years down the line. And I think that is one reason we see people get divorced or break up is because they go into a scenario or a relationship or a date initially wanting to please that person instead of being true to who they are. So once their true colors come out and once they revert to like, hey, no, this is actually who I want to be, then there's a disconnect between you and your partner. And that's super difficult. That's super difficult to overcome because now you have a, a, a time cost that you've already invested in. So if you've been dating someone or if you've been married to someone for several years, you're like, ah, <laughs> what the hell do I do? Like, do I, do I try and uh, try and mend this or, um, do I try and say, okay, this is, this is actually not for me. Like I have to step away because this is not the right person. And that matches with my personality and how I want to live my life. Um, and I, I have two other tangents I want to go off on, on this, but, um, I want to get your opinion as well. Yeah. I would say not being authentic, you're doing a disservice to yourself more than anything. So if you're thinking you're sacrificing your authenticity to either fit in or whatnot, okay, let's say it works. Let's say you, you are being someone you're not and doing all that thing and you're dating this girl that you really want to date. Well, now she doesn't know you. And that's the most important part of any of that. Or, and yeah. your friends, if you get into a wrong friend group by being someone you're not, then guess what? You're just in the wrong friend group and that sucks for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, that's, that's, that sucks. And that's a disservice to you. You're, you're screwing over yourself when you're doing that. Yep. Exactly. That doesn't mean, it doesn't mean there aren't ways. Sorry. Just like devil's advocate. That doesn't mean that you can't do things to be come across as a more likable person. And that's not a bad thing to practice things like that but it's more acting in a way that you just don't agree with that. You're like, that's not me. But like, for example, if you're not that funny of a person, you actually can study why things are funny a little bit. Like if you just don't have that natural wit and get funnier, it doesn't mean like look up jokes on the internet, but that means look up how to tell a good story or like yeah. look up like shock value humor and more of that rather than just like jokes themselves and actually just like natural things like that then yeah you can be a funnier a funnier person more entertaining person a more exciting person to be around that's not sacrificing who you are that's not being inauthentic because those are just those are just skills and traits so if you get good at that yeah. you get good at that and those do help you they just attract more people and that's friends, relationships and whatnot. So like yeah. I said, that's the hard thing. There's, there's a balance in my opinion. It's like, yes, yeah. be your authentic self, but I also don't think that there aren't ways or strategies to be a more charismatic person. Yeah. And I, and I think when we touch on the, the point of well-rounded wealth, it, it, it's, it drives home with your reputation and your authenticity. It is who, who do you want to be 
seen as by other people that are consistent with your values and your principles now and 50 years in the future. Because to your point, there is a skill if you go into a certain scenario where you have to kind of pitch yourself that you can adopt being funnier or being whatever. But that does not mean you be funny at the expense of your values. Um, it, and to your point too, like, <laughs> like if you are not yourself, if you are not being authentic, that is hurting you. And I told this story in the deep dive, like in my freshman and sophomore years of high school, I, I was with a group of people that just, we didn't click. Like, like I, I was around them all the time, but they weren't necessarily like my people because I didn't share the same values and the same interests and all that kind of stuff. And that set me back two years in my younger years of life. I think that also goes to um, the other point I wanted to touch on, or one of the other points I wanted to touch on was with, I think that's why it is important to date when you're younger is because you have to figure out what, where, where you want to be value wise and authenticity wise in a relationship and see if that, if, if that kind of construct of that relationship can persist into the future as well. Otherwise you're just going to be doing yourself a disservice by not informing yourself and not learning more about yourself and what you want in a partner. Yeah, I actually, I need to take that advice because I I've done, I've done dates and I've definitely seen people like seen girls, like, I don't have a thing, you know, all the terms that our generation uses nowadays, but I definitely would never say, I never officially called any of those people, like my girlfriend or like, you know, like we never like titled anything of any of my, like, I consider them like relationships, but I I would never refer to any girl I've seen in the past, like as an ex-girlfriend. And, but to your point, I do want to date more and start more relationships also like to figure out to one to learn more about myself because i think that's important and figure out what i want even more um and by that like having that experience the only like downside to that is that i feel almost weird just dating around a ton at this point just to play catch up if that makes sense (laughs) And I don't think that's what's your what you, take on that. Yeah, I, I don't think that's what you should do. Whenever you go into a relationship, and, and this is me now, um, the phase of life I'm in, I don't, I don't look, for, I'm not looking for someone to be with them to just learn. Like if I'm going to be with someone, I want to be with them because I see a future with them. It's not that I'm I'm just being with them. So like, hey, this is a social experiment. I, I got to learn what I want. But right, right, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. A few, that a few feels weird down the to line. me. That feels weird to me. It's like <laughs> it's like you're just going on these dates just to <laughs> just <laughs> be a social experiment to see see what you like. It's like that's that almost in a way feels mm-hmm. a little shitty to me. Like no, it and, actually it is. <laughs> and that's that's not what you should do. I, I don't like deep down in your mind. I don't think that's exactly what you want to do. Because no, not all. The most the most important part of relationship is knowing yourself first, so that you and whoever your partner is, guy or girl, 
can continue growing together. If you don't know yourself, think of it like this. I told a, a friend this recently. If you don't know all yourself, and, and you, I'm using the analogy of a ship, then you have holes in your ship. So why would you try and pick someone else up along that ship while you have holes? So now you and your partner are both trying to patch these holes of a sinking ship. That ship is still just going to sink. It just might take longer because you have two people working on it now. Right. right. But you, you want to be able to have a fully functioning ship, try and connect with someone else who has a fully functioning ship and build a freaking fleet. Like that, that's a easy analogy for me to at yeah. least conceptualize, but um, I totally and, agree with that. That's advice yeah. I would give to anyone in finding a yeah. partner or someone to be in a romantic relationship with like, that would be the advice I'd give. I'd be like, don't, don't be looking yeah. for someone to fill up. Yeah. Any, I like that holes in your ship, like any holes in yeah. your ship, you need to have like a self-sustaining ship already. Cause yeah, you can that you're not looking for someone to fill that in. There's not a void that any other human being is going to fill up. And I think I yep. definitely had that notion growing up. I did think yeah. like the way I used to look at it of relationships or for me, girls was like split a person in half. I'm one half. <laughs> I'm trying to find my other half. And yeah. as I've grown up, I have realized that that is such a terrible way to look at it. Cause one, it also hyped up like girls that I'm into in my head, like crazy. Cause I thought that was how important it was. I thought it was finding this girl and like this girl was gonna like complete the person that I am. I put a lot of my mental self-worth into that. Like I was like, if I, date the girl that I want to date, that means I have value. That means I am fulfilled. And that was easily, I would argue that's up there for one of the biggest life lessons I've ever learned, which is how not true that was, how much of a backwards way that was to look at dating. And honestly, thank God yeah. I figured it out. Cause I feel like there's plenty of people who don't figure that out and do go in with that mentality as well. There's no way I'm alone yeah. in that. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think that's that's because that's the generation that our parents and, and grandparents were raised in. And a good book I would recommend to all guys, it's a uh, new man emerging. We have masculine and feminine energy. Everyone does. And I think to your point, splitting a person in half, men try and just emulate the masculine energy, but we can tap into both types of energy in certain circumstances when we need to yes men have a more there are more predisposition predisposition to masculine energy being tough hardened um and kind of stern hardworking, whatever but and women have more of a propensity to be, have feminine energy being caring compassionate kind empathetic but learning to channel both of those types of energies as a man or woman is a really uh, important skill because I don't want to walk into like a room of all guys and just because it's all guys say it's a sad scenario um, like someone passed away or something like that I'm not gonna be like ah be hard man like it'll always get better like I want to be caring and compassionate towards whoever passed 
And that doesn't mean like I'm a wimp or a pussy or whatever the hell it is. It just means I have to tap into that more feminine energy that we all possess to show empathy and kindness. Um, but on the other hand, there's times when I have to kind of kick someone in the ass and say like, Hey, let's get going or, um, let's, let's use our, our masculine energy in order to kind of push forward or, um, be a little tougher or something like that. Um, so I, I think that's a good delineation between who we are biologically and then what type of energy, I guess is the best way to put it, we have within ourselves too. Yeah, totally. And I actually, I want to keep it rolling. I want to touch on this a little bit more. Like, let's talk about yep. the term toxic masculinity. That's mm -hmm. been, that's been a really hot topic lately. And I, yeah. I have thoughts on it and like, I don't think it's bullshit. I think like toxic masculinity is definitely a thing. I don't know if that's the proper title for it, but yeah. it's definite men can definitely be toxic. But that oh, yeah. I, also, I also don't think that masculinity in and of itself is toxic either. It's yeah. for let's what you were saying already. I like this funeral example that you just brought up. I think yeah. practicing toxic masculinity would be seeing someone vulnerable. Let's yeah, let's say they just lost a loved one and being like they like they need to like wipe those tears off their fucking face like what a pussy yeah. like you gotta Don't you can't weakness. be like that yeah you can't show any weakness whatsoever versus i think there's a lot of power in being able to be in touch with your emotions and also yeah. i think which i i guess empathy tends to be known as more of a feminine quality i don't know all the truth to that or what but I think there's a lot of power in the practicing empathy too, to be able to be like, this person just lost someone they really care about. And that yeah. person was so connected to that person and to be able to feel that emotion too, I think is incredibly powerful. Now I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, I also don't believe in I the opposite it. of this either, where you should just be upset all the time and be sad all the time and have problems and just complain about your problems all the time and not do anything about them. I also think yeah. that, and this, I'm not even in a specific gender. I think everybody listening, I'm kind of, you know, referring to just anyone. It's very important yeah. to stay strong and develop strength and in the face of adversity to face it head on. So yeah. there's a balance, you know, there's, there's a big balance to it. So there's the part of masculinity that I think is, or at least that's equated with masculinity that I do think is super important is confidence, facing adversity, going through your challenges. Um, and like having a full ship, you know, that's yeah. by anybody, I guess we're saying masculinity, but those are some masculine, masculine qualities that I don't think are toxic of being yeah. secure and being like, headstrong and being confident in yourself and your beliefs. That's awesome. Everyone should have that. Everybody, no matter who you are, you should definitely have that. But you also yeah. shouldn't ignore your feelings either. What, what do you and, think and about that, what I said? Well, I, I think that's that's spot on is the balance. We should use this balance. If you look at it in like a scientific and, and um, more physics approach, energy cannot be created or destroyed. Um, 
it just is channeled one way and it's channeled another way. We inside of us have masculine and feminine energy. We have to learn how to use both sides of those in order to create balance in every scenario and situation in our lives, whether it's relationship, family, career, um, friendships. I think where people go wrong with the toxic masculinity is we saw that it worked in a prior age, but that, and it worked in the short term, it worked in order to, to push us along because everyone was hard. Everyone was, was calloused. And that was just the way things are. Times have shifted now to where less people have a, have a struggle to just survive. And now we can get, we as men, like speaking on the toxic, toxic masculinity part, don't always have to act that way. We are allowed to be compassionate. You're allowed to reach out. You're allowed to be vulnerable. And I think that is the way we connect so closely with, with people is being vulnerable and connecting to our feminine energy. You, we always see that like, girls have so many more friends and it's true. They do like on yeah. average, a, a singular girl has more friends than a singular guy because they use that energy of being openness and, and um, kind and compassionate to make more connections. Guys, that is something that is harder to tap into because it's not as natural for us. Um, but learning how to use that is such a unique skill that I think everyone should start considering to use, whether you're a young kid or a grown adult. Um, and one more point I'll make on this. So I, I volunteer with a group, Let Me Run, you, you know, because I grew up in Charlotte. Yep, I've, and I've run with yeah, Let Me Run. Yep. So it's like, their their mantra is let me be me let me reach out and then let me run and these are all elementary and, and middle school kids and they teach this and they have that mantra because they want to take away that stigma that guys always have to be tough and they always have to internalize it and and deal with stuff no you can you're allowed to reach out you're allowed to to ask a friend like, Hey, I need advice or, Hey, I'm going through a tough time. You don't always have to internalize everything. You don't always have to be headstrong about this stuff. Tap into that feminine energy and be able to open up, be able to ask for advice, be able to be compassionate and, um, be vulnerable. So. Yeah. I think a big takeaway that I took from what you just said that I very much believe is that there are, is a big difference in my mind between being compassionate and being a pussy. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like a lot of people put those together and it was pretty blunt, yeah. but you know, the guys that are compassionate and guys that are caring and the willingness to be vulnerable, like that, that's not equated to that in my opinion at all. Maybe it depends yeah. a little bit on context, but I just, I could not disagree with that more overall. Like no yep. way. Like I, as I've gotten older, like I feel like I've done a good job with myself getting in touch 
with my emotions more like movies i like saddest movies in the world i never cried to movies and like lately i've started to and i actually think it's awesome i'm really happy for myself that i like <laughs> am willing to let myself relate to whatever's happening to the story and to the characters yeah because in the past i couldn't do that slash wouldn't let myself do that yep. so like so it's like yeah I'm, <laughs> i don't care i don't care who judges me on this well-rounded well podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh, listeners. Like, like Barbie movie was beautiful and I want to hear it. <laughs> I still need to watch that. That's awesome. Dude, dude, oh my God. I was literally like in tears. I was like crying, crying. Like I had some tears, like just dripping down my face. I was like, this is beautiful. And I've, but I love that so much. Like afterwards, like after the experience, I was like, wow, I really connected with that movie. And I really like just got in touch with the human connection because like that's a message that it was and like what yeah. it means to like live every day and it was just so beautiful and i loved it and it just ignites so much passion it's like i yeah. think that's so powerful i don't think yep. i'm at all weak for that of no. willing to just like let not internalize everything and just let the emotion of what it means to be human just take over a little bit yeah no, yeah barbie I, I was think... great i it was actually <laughs> awesome uh, it wasn't structurally perfect like if i'm going, going to go full critical but i thought the overall themes actually really hit and i i didn't go in thinking i would like it i actually liked it a lot that's awesome yeah i, I mean you make a great point with movies because as as guys like especially when i was growing up too we were always or i was always like oh i can't, I can't cry like, yeah right 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 i ain't gonna let a tear drop on this movie <laughs> but that's part of the human experience. It's part of like connecting with your emotions and being able to feel other emotions <laughs> than what you feel on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and I, we have a whole entire, I know we have a, a whole another episode that we want to talk about this with, but I, I think that's, that's part of having kind of like an internal peace and happiness is being able to, really connect with how you're feeling and your surroundings at any given point in time because it, all those all those constructs are social constructs and tying it back to reputation all of those things that that we try and hide from what we actually are and what we actually feel as humans are because society has adopted or trained other people in that way so like a man being tough like has to hold everything in never shed a tear <laughs> like that is something created by men to get to survive at that point in time in life but we don't have to think of stuff like that this way we can connect to who we are and be able to there's a emotional moment cry or like cry for if you lost a loved one or something like that so um that is okay. It's part of being a human and it's part of the emotions we feel. So embrace it and then see the, see the beauty in it. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, just real quick. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, sweet. <laughs> just making sure <laughs> having people listening, we've had to probably, we gonna have to cut this thing so many times because our mics keep blowing out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I totally agree. And but I also like, 
I don't, I just keep, I'm so back and forth on this whole thing. Cause I also don't think it's good to be just like whining and crying all the time either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, that's, I mean, let's break it down. Like, yeah. are you always having this, this notion to be whining and crying? No. Exactly. So that's not something you have to really worry about, but it's in the scenario that you like that you quote unquote should be more emotional or vulnerable, allowing yourself to be more emotional and vulnerable. It's, and then in the scenarios where you should be more hardened and callous and be pushing through allowing yourself and training yourself to do that in those situations. And I think that's where people get, and that's probably where your, your, the disconnect is. It's like, I'm so back and forth. Like you don't have to be one or the other. Like there's not a divide. You can be both. You can, in this scenario, you can tap into whatever the, the emotional feeling energy and in this scenario, you can be more hardened and tough. And it's just being able to learn how to use that and learn, I guess the flow of it when you're kind of, um, going throughout your day. So, yeah, totally. And yeah, it's just that, it's just that miss conception of the of being emotional as being weak and yeah but well and i will say this occasionally it can mean that i do agree oh, with yeah, that yeah. too sometimes it's like yeah the like okay here's here's a good example stressful situations like where things become really critical um like life-threatening let's say if you're in one of those scenarios and you're freaking out and you're letting your emotions take care of you it's kind of like pull your shit together you gotta pull your, you gotta pull your shit together a little bit like you're not yep. helping the situation at all you're you can't you can't freak out like that you know you gotta i do think it's important to have some emotional mastery yeah it's just like it's working on controlling yep. those emotions that doesn't doesn't mean hide them that doesn't mean push them down definitely feel them let them take over but also have control so when things are getting like being clutch you know like stuff like that <laughs> under pressure performing well under pressure like yeah like for athletes and things like that like yeah show up you know yep. like when you're needed show up yeah like, that does like there's a difference between having a mastery of your emotions and having a lack of control of them and and, and that, the first thing that you have to learn you have to learn what those emotions feel like first true because and that's where i think most people go wrong is that they just take what society tells them and they don't ask why or how or what so like when you feel like oh like i kind of want to cry like why do i want to cry is it because this is actually an emotional scene or situation or is it because i'm being a wimp and i need a kind of pull some stuff together. So then you can kind of start to recognize when there is a need to act more emotional or is there a need to toughen up and just like training to being clutch, like a Kobe Bryant or, or LeBron James, he doesn't train to not be clutch or to not be able to show up. He trains for that so that when it does come, he knows that he can tap into that energy 
to say, give me the ball. Like I've done this before and have that confidence. So, yeah. yeah. But I think that's a, it's a very good point of like just knowing, knowing what's inside of you. And I think that's it, so many people are so scared of looking inside of themselves because there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. Like I, I, I mean, it took me probably 20 years at least. And I, I guess, I don't know, 15, 10, 15 conscious years to start looking inside and, and so, so-called facing your demons on like, what, what do these feelings and, and what do these actions actually mean? Um, are they just biological or are they constructs of what society has been telling me or what, or how I've been raised? So I think it's being able to break, break those down and then rebuild on what you actually believe is, is your truth. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you completely. Uh, yeah, well. I'm glad we covered that. I know we weren't supposed to, uh, should we wrap it up with reputation real quick? Any final yeah. points we want to make there? Yeah, I, I think we do that. And, um, I think connecting all this back to reputation, like it is, it is knowing yourself with the, with the relationships we talked about and the reputation it's knowing yourself so that you can always act as yourself so that when people form the opinions and belief of you, they're consistent with who you want to be and who, and what your values and principles are. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Reputation, I think, is a reflection of yourself. So however you want to be as a person, just be that person. But don't try to be that person because of external factors, going back to last episode to kind of connect that. Yeah. So reputation is important. Like if you're if you're a dick and you don't care if you're a dick, then all right, be a dick. But that's going to be your reputation is that you're a dick, <laughs> you know? Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, for sure. Like go right ahead if you don't if you don't care. But just I would say, find your values, what you want those to be. Briefly for mine, it's I want to be a good person. I want to be there for the people I care about. So I want my reputation to be that yeah uh for the people that are close to me yeah jack's a good person he cares about me and i can rely on him and he's a good friend like that's yeah what i want it to be well, let's let's wrap it up with that like what your reputation is what you think your reputation is and then um how you how you want to have that conveyed yeah so. i would say definitely that i'm a light-hearted person i think definitely that like because I am a lighthearted person and yeah. uh, definitely friendly. I'm a naturally um, outgoing person. Um, so I think I definitely have a reputation of that. Um, yeah. What's the extroverted? Yeah, I would say I have an extroverted. overall extroverted reputation. Um, yeah. And then the reputation that I think I have with my family and friends that's important to me is that. Um, I'm good to them and I care about them. And in the yeah. end, that's, that's what I do care about the most. All right. Yeah. You're up Patty. Yeah. I completely agree with yours. And that is, uh, what I would say for you a hundred percent. So, um, oh, great, great friend, lighthearted and, uh, um, 
always got a smile on his face. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think mine's definitely shifted in the past years as, as I've matured. Um, but for me, it's definitely being vulnerable, um, being open to always learning, um, working hard. And or I would say, I would say learning and working hard is kind of the same thing. It's, it's having a relentless desire to learn, which comes across as working hard, um, being generous, giving before I ask for something. Um, and that's something I'm constantly working on. Um, and then just, I would say trying to, um, trying to just be true to who I am is kind of the reputation I have is just being, just being open and, um, yeah, open to who I am and, and not having a, uh, care of what other people think as long as I'm acting according to those values. Yeah, totally, man. Well, you know, you have that reputation, you know, that's exactly what I think of you. <laughs> um, yeah, you're, yeah, you definitely like overall, like, I, I guess like behind your back, it's funny to say like that, but I would say behind your back, people definitely talk about how, uh, how much of a hard worker you are and I honestly don't fully understand how you find time to do everything you do in your day because you have so <laughs> like what time are you getting up at every morning I'm so like is, are you up at five four uh I'm up at 5 30 now I was a little now? I used to be up at 4 30 and then <laughs> old man bed by 8 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean I'm I'm kind of becoming similar to I'm not that early Maybe eventually I'll have to be, I don't need to be, but Cole, Cole's also, you guys are similar and just being very regimented. So he's up at before six 30 every day. Therefore I am yeah. too, just cause I want to be, and he's my roommate and friend. So yeah. we'll work out in the morning. So it's definitely, it starts my day. Right. and gets me going on a good yeah. schedule. Um, so yeah, that's like, that's, it's definitely important for me to be surrounded by people who are go-getters and like get after it too is one thing yeah. i noticed about myself i think that's probably a is we have it on our list but maybe continuing with this theme of um or this kind of track we're going on is um doing that for our next episode is surrounding yourself with the people you want to be with reputation wise so if you surround yourself with everyone who has a similar reputation uh, or one you want to emulate just through kind of group thinking and bias factors, you're, there's a higher propensity for you to start adopting those principles, um, which is another interesting thing to think about. So yeah, totally. We might oh. elaborate on that one next, and also just <laughs> let it roll and see where it goes. Um, yeah. All right, uh, let's well. let's wrap it up. Um, well. Guys, we appreciate you listening again, and uh, hope you guys can always stick to you who you want to be is, and what you want others to believe your reputation is by being true to yourself. So, um, we are now out on pretty much every single social platform: um, Instagram, Twitter, or X, um, <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> we have our own website, um, and we are hopefully going to be starting to bring on some more guests. And I think our guest, um, 
platform is going to look a little different than most podcasts. Instead of just having experts on, we want to actually try and have just some regular people on and I wouldn't say regular people, but um, less experts and showing that everyone is going through the same things that you are and what we are going through. Um, So be attuned to that. And if you ever want to come on or have any opinions, feel free to reach out on any of those platforms. So uh, we are, as always, we appreciate you guys listening and uh, see you guys on the next one. Yep. Thanks so much, everyone.